And get ready because we've got 60 verses in this chapter. And in chapter 14, we've got about the same number of verses. And it carries on the con- the the um, concept of leprosy. So we are going to get a full dose of leprosy before we are done <clears throat> from the Mosaic Law. Before we begin, let's just take a moment <clears throat> for prayer. That's not the microphone. It's just coming through it's going to have to work its way out <clears throat> shouldn't eat the peanut butter and crackers um uh let's get ready let's take this time and uh, present ourselves in front of the lord let's pray father thank you again for your love and grace and mercy we thank you again for your word Thank you that we can uh, come together in a free country and open up your word and be able to look into it and to, to look at, at right now the law and see what principles are still valid for us today. So, Father, I just pray that you would uh, enlighten us, challenge us, help us remember it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, Leviticus chapter 13, now we've seen the first seven chapters dealt with the approach to God, dealt with primarily the offerings and what was found in the Levitical offering system. And then we talked about the priest and the ordination of priests, and, and uh, that's in, in uh, chapters 8 to 10. And then, uh, starting in chapter 11, we got into the issue of purity. Uh, chapter 11 talked about the clean and the unclean. Uh, chapter 12, the last time we met, was the Law of Circumcision, which was quite an exciting chapter, and now we're really getting deep into other stuff here, uh, headed to the exciting chapter on bodily discharges, which uh, everybody's looking forward to, I know. But uh, <clears throat> the hygiene code is part of what we're looking at, and we are, uh, that's that's chapter 13, but actually it's going to be cleansing the leper in chapter 14, so it's going to carry on the idea of leprosy as well. Now, we're going to learn some things as we go through here, uh, because first of all, priests in Israel were called to be the doctors. Okay, Whenever somebody had a problem, they went to the priest. Uh, they didn't dial up 911 or anything like that. They went went to the priest, because the priests were called to be the doctors. They were also called to be some of the primary judges. The In Israel, they, they had uh, elders, the 70 elders, and then after that, they had uh, the, the leaders, the elders of particular uh, portions of the clans, and they adjudicated various things unless it got too difficult and then if it did they ended up in front of the priest so the priest had quite a job and uh, just besides offering sacrifices they had uh, another job as well now they were expected to be knowledgeable because crammed into these few chapters is the uh, standards by which God measures things so they needed to know what they were doing so if we if we extrapolate that today when somebody becomes a doctor they need to know what they're doing okay they need to go through the schools they need to learn what's going on and as we uh, were reminded frequently by Roger Muller it's called the practice of medicine because they're still working on it it's not the science of medicine it's the practice of medicine and so 
they're expected to be knowledgeable, keep up with what uh, what current understanding is. They were also expected to be objective and honest. When they came to, when someone went to the priest and they wanted a medical evaluation, they were expected to be objective with the patient and honest with them as well. It wasn't supposed to be bought and sold for money or anything like that. It was, this is what it is, this is the diagnosis, this is what must be done. So their job, if we'll, we'll follow this through these chapters, analyze. First thing they do when they brought it to the priest, they were to take a look at it, and there's some standards in here as to what they were to look for. And then they were to prescribe. Okay, what is, what is it? Okay, is this leprosy? If so, you are unclean. You're unclean for a period of seven days. You are be isolated for seven days. And so they analyzed, they prescribed, and then they analyzed again because they had to present themselves back in front of the priest. So it's, a, it's you know, the office visit, the diagnosis, the prescription, and the follow-up. And that, that's actually established way back here under the Mosaic Law. And then this, this follow-up end of it is to how, did, how is it adjudicated. Now this is a chap, chapter on leprosy. Um, uh, there's a little quote, I think I left it in there, from WebMD. What is leprosy? Because we're going to see leprosy used in a real broad sense of the word going through these chapters. Now, I don't think it has that same sense of the word. Uh, uh, I don't think it had that same sense of the word 3,000 years ago. I think it was a lot more of a generic issue. We'll see that as we go through. And now it is a specific disease. Um, it is uh, often called Hansen's disease. It's an infectious disease that causes severe disfiguring skin sores and nerve damage in arms, legs, and skin areas around your body. Uh, leprosy has been around since ancient times, and outbreaks have affected people on every continent. Uh, my dad talked about the time he was in the Philippines in World War II, and there was a leper colony there, and that was just commonplace. Uh, I made a trip to Vietnam in 97, and one of the places that we visited was a halfway house for people that had left the leper colony. They had been declared clean. They, had, you know, they hadn't had any outbreaks or anything like that. But they had to be so cautious that they came to a village that was made just for them. And they lived there until they were pronounced able to be let back out into the general population. So we went there and actually went door to door. Uh, door to door with the gospel. And it was interesting because they had decided to build a church in this little village. And uh, the the locals who are a little bit of everything from Buddhist to animist to whatever, and they burned it down. So they built it back. <laughs> they showed up at night. They all brought materials, whatever they could bring, and they built built it back. And I think that'd gone on two or three times since since they had done that. But it is a type of disease where it affects the nerve endings, and basically things fall off. That's, they just don't work anymore. 
It's uh, leprosy isn't that contagious. You have to be careful with it, but it's not that contagious. You can catch it if only you come into close and repeated contact with nose and mouth droplets from someone with untreated leprosy. And children are more likely to get leprosy than adults, and that's according to WebMD. So, anyway, leprosy is more of a specific disease now than I think we're going to see as we move through here. It's it's almost a generic term for any kind of problem with the skin, and it's an an analysis of what to do with it. Now we've got all these different uh, descriptions and vocabulary words and everything that goes on with it, and we're going to just track it through these chapters. In verse 1... Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Here he is, back at it again. He calls both of them to him. He says, When a man has on the skin of his body. Skin is a little word, or. And uh, that's a normal word for that. The skin of his body, basar. They translated the word basar as body. It's actually better translated as flesh. And that's what it normally is, is found translated looking at not the total complete um, musculoskeletal and all that, but looking at just primarily the the, uh, flesh uh, that covers the skeleton. It says of his body, a swelling. This is a seth, and it's used 14 times. It means that which rises or swells. So it's a very generic type of thing. you got something that's popping up on your body. Or a scab. Scab is a sopicoth. And um, it's only used twice. Used here and in the next chapter. And it's um, some of the older uh, Hebrew books in, in commentary say it's the mange. Like we would know as the mange on a dog. And so uh, a scab is a good translation of it. It's only used twice, so there's not a lot of uh, extra biblical stuff even that they can figure that out with. Or a bright spot, a bohereth. See, the, these are very general descriptions. you got a problem going on. A bohereth used 12 times. This is the first use all in chap- this chapter and once in chapter 14. And it basically means a bright spot. So it says, and it becomes an infection. Infection is the word negah, and it is used 78 times, and it is normally translated as plague. Okay, but they didn't use the word plague like we use the word plague. Okay, it's just saying that this is a, um, it's a problem. Plague, you see it translated multiple times as as plague out of these 78 times throughout, especially the Mosaic Law. But it is, it's just an outbreak is what it is. An infection, I think, is a good rendering here. Becomes an infection of leprosy. So this is the word zara'ath. Used 35 times. It is the word for leprosy. And uh, it's only used five times outside of the Mosaic Law. Most of it's found right here in chapter 13 and 14. He says it becomes an infection on the skin of the body. Then he, and I guess she as well, <laughs> but he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons the priest. 
Okay, so you got called to this special position. You got all this fancy clothing and all this. And what are you going to do? Okay, you're going to look at things that pop up on people's skin and body. Okay, now I wonder how they determined which ones of the sons of Levi it was <laughs> that got to do the diagnosis of these things. But anyway, it says, and, if, and the priest shall look at the mark on the skin of the body, and if the hair and in the infection is turned white, and the infection appears to be deeper than the skin of his body. In other words, it's not just something on the surface. Okay? It's something that has gone into the skin, and that's what they're looking for. It says it is an infection, it is a plague of leprosy. When the priest has looked at him, he shall pronounce him unclean. Okay, so here is your here's your standards of analysis that the priests are supposed to learn and learn how to identify and diagnose the problems. He says, but if the bright spot is white on the skin of his body and it does not appear to be deeper than the skin and the hair on it is not turned white, then the priest shall isolate him who has the infection for seven days. So it's come up, it's red, it's some kind of problem, you don't know what it is, but the, the hair hasn't turned white. I don't know about older people like me. It looks like my whole body is, is uh, all beat up, you know. A lot of you might be like me. I can look at something sharp and start bleeding anymore. So, um, it's all be, but it says he shall be um, pronounced unclean. He says he does not appear deep in the skin. The hair is not turned white. The priest shall isolate him who has the infection for seven days. Okay, and think about this. You got two and a half million people out in the desert where this. This law is being put out. And one thing you don't have are pharmacies. Okay? There's no there's no pharmacies out there. Now, who's got all the drugs? The magicians and sorcerers are the ones with the drugs. So there, there's... I was looking through here, chapter 13. I may have missed something. I don't see any magic potions. I don't see any prescriptions of various things that are found when this diagnosis comes about. So, now does that say, some people would take that and say, therefore I'm not going to take any medicine whatsoever. Well, the Lord's let us understand a lot more things over the last 3,500 years. And hopefully some of us realize there's some things that we shouldn't take. You know, that are... That are <laughs> When I when I hear them advertising a product and the side effects are worse than the potential cure, I'm not interested. Okay? And you guys know what that is. They've got this all sweet, pleasing music and it's going on in the background and the next thing you know. But this could cause death, dismemberment, all this sort of stuff as a side effect. But it's all done with a smile on their face while they're making money off of you. But... Anyway, here's a simple thing, okay? Because if you're eating pretty good, and these, what were these folks eating? Manna. I mean, the bread that came out of heaven probably didn't get any better than that, does it? So they're eating the bread that came out of heaven. They've got the, the lambs, and they've got other stuff for their, their festivals and feasts and offerings where they, they've got their meat coming in. 
but they've got a pretty good diet. So he's saying if this stuff pops up, let's leave it, let's watch it, but let's be cautious with it. Use some common sense because you don't want leprosy running through two and a half million people. And this is just a good common sense thing. He says, and the priest shall look at him again on the seventh day. Okay, here's the follow-up. And if the infection is faded and the mark is not spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. Because there's some things that just pop up on our bodies. He says, it's only a scab. And he shall wash his clothes and be clean. Okay, so that's the first analysis. Infections were to be brought to the priest for analysis and treatment. The priest was to be well-versed in the standards of analysis. Wasn't hard, was it? But he had to know what, what God had prescribed. He also needed some experience in the analysis. Okay, So when they're first getting started, they probably needed more than one of these priests to take a look at it and be sure they were on the same page here. He said, And it should encourage him to consult with other priests especially when they're getting started, till they get trained. Uh, and it's interesting because medical schools, schools still use a lot of these same principles. And I know it's always exciting if you're in a teaching hospital and they bring in 14 people into your room. You know, that's, that's always an exciting thing. Helen used to love that, the no end. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, they bring in all these students, then there'd be a question and answer thing, but it's actually a good practice because they need to be able to watch things. Sharon Delaney's uh, husband, Dell, had a um, heart valve that was one of the first heart valves ever put in, and it was mechanical, and they could, they could hear it. And every time he would go to a VA hospital, they'd bring in all the new doctors. They'd say, get your stethoscopes ready and line up <laughs> because you're going to run into this in some old vets. You need to know what you're doing with it. So they're, they're teaching them on the job some things you can't teach in a classroom. And so that's, that was a good idea. The decision still had a degree of objectivity. So a prayer for wisdom would be in order. If you were a priest and it was your job to make decisions about who's clean, who is not clean, who's going to be isolated, who's not going to be isolated, you want wisdom. You want the wisdom to make the proper analysis and give the proper prescription. Now verse 7 and 8 says, If the scab spreads further on the skin after he has shown himself to the priest for his cleansing... He shall peer again to the priest. So the, the, the scab stopped growing. <clears throat> okay, He got declared clean. And then next week, it's bigger. What do you do? You go back to the priest. And <clears throat> uh, the priest shall look, and if the scab is spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. Okay? So this may or may not be this disease as we know it today, that causes nerve damage and everything else. Because it sounds like this is more of a generic infection that is, is fairly easily spread. 
Now, chronic leprosy says when the infection of leprosy is on a man, then he shall be brought to the to the priest. The priest shall then look, and if there is swelling in the skin, he has turned the hair white, and there is quick raw flesh in the swelling. This is appetizing, isn't it? It is a chronic leprosy on the skin of his body. And the priest shall pronounce him unclean. He shall not isolate him, for he is unclean. And if the leprosy breaks out further on the skin, and the leprosy covers all the skin of him who has the infection from his head even to his feet, as far as the priest can see, then the priest shall look, and behold, if the leprosy has covered all his body, he shall pronounce clean him who has the infection is turned all white and he's clean. So the priest is supposed to determine if the infection's run its course. See? Because it can it could affect the entire body, but in the, in the same process, if it infects the entire body, affects the entire body after a period of time, it's not contagious. Okay? So he just has the result of the scars and everything else. But he says, it's run its course, so you can declare him clean. But whenever raw flesh appears on him, he shall be unclean. And the priest shall look at the raw flesh. He shall pronounce him unclean. The raw flesh is unclean. It's leprosy. Or if the raw flesh turns again and is changed to white, he shall come to the priest. And the priest shall look at him, and behold, if the infection has turned to white, then the priest shall pronounce clean him who has the infection. He's clean. Okay, so when things show up, pop up, bright spots, red spots, white hairs in them and things like that, you make one analysis. But then there's the constant follow-up to try and figure out how far is this thing going? Is he going to affect other people? And the, the individual has to has to have a responsibility in this as well. And then verse 18, And when the body has a boil, isn't this exciting? We're moving from leprosy to boils. This is the shakin. It's uh, used 13 times. It is an ulcer or a boil. Um, and I don't know if any, if y'all ever had them. I've had more than one, and they are not fun. I still bear the scar on the back of my neck where my grandmother the nurse decided that the boil I had back there needed to be popped. It's 1955 or 6 or 7 or something like that. and it, On a pain scale of 0 to 10, it was above 10 somewhere on there, but she got that rascal out of there. Anyway, I'm firsthand, I, I know what boils are about. This malady Job underwent, chapter 2, verse 7. He got boils, not just a boil. <laughs> he got boils all over himself. And if, if you've ever had one, you know they can be excruciating. It says, And in the place of the boil there's a white swelling or a reddish-white bright spot, then it shall be shown to the priest. And the priest shall look, and behold, if it appears to be lower than the skin. How deep is it? Is, is the question. How, how embedded is this thing? And the hair on it is turned white, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is the infection of leprosy. 
So see here, here is a scab that's all called leprosy. Here's a boil, it's called leprosy. That's why I think this term for leprosy in here is a much more generic term than the specific uh, uh, illness that it is that it is today. It says, <clears throat> the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It's the infection of leprosy. It is broken out in the boil. But if the priest looks at it, behold, there's no white hairs in it, and he's not lower than the skin, and it's faded, then the priest shall isolate him for seven days. And if it spreads further on the skin, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It's an infection. And if the bright spot remains in this place and does not spread, it's, it is only the scar of the boil, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. So maybe the boils run its course. It doesn't say anything here about mashing it. I wish I'd have known that back then. Yep, I wish I would have known it back then. Now, boils were evidently more commonplace and were not as infectious as the other ones that they were talking about. They could lead to other infections, of course, that were, because it indicates there's some kind of imbalance inside of the body that's causing this thing to, to come to a head. And the principle here is to be cautious but not fearful. See? When we start looking at things, of course the, the thing that hypochondriac we've all heard about and all that, and it's interesting that they find out that 20 years after the fact, some of the hypochondriacs weren't hypochondriacs. There actually was a problem like that. Fibromyalgia is one of those things that that uh, Helen had early on, and that was in the, the psych manuals at one time as a psychological disorder. And it was said it was all in your head. And so she was told that, that it's just she was a hypochondriac by some not-too-gentle people. And then they find out later it actually is an inflammation between the muscles and the skin. And so they were able to, to much better identify it. But that's what it's telling us here is to be cautious. Don't be afraid. We, we saw Sunday we're not supposed to be afraid of war. So if we're not supposed to be afraid of war, why should we be afraid of these bodily things? And then verse 24. Here we go. Burns. If the body sustains in its skin a burn by fire. Now, do you think that could have happened in Israel pretty readily and easily, the way they're cooking over open fires and they got all the pots and all that other stuff? It would be so easy. And the raw flesh of the burn becomes a bright spot, reddish-white or white. So you've, you've evidently popped the skin with a second-degree burn anyway. And it says, Then the priest shall look at it, and if the hair in the bright spot is turned white and it appears to be deeper than the skin, it's leprosy. Okay, so you can burn yourself and cause a problem. Why is it leprosy? Yeah, because it's, it's uh, that's what I'm saying. That's why this term leprosy in this chapter has got to be a lot broader sense than what we find in the definition of it today. Okay, so that's why I gave you WebMD to start with, and then I want to show that this, this leprosy is, is more of an indication of a common problem problem they can take multiple manifestations a boil a scab whatever and here it is with a burn 
And what could happen, see, is if you burn, you burn all the way through the skin and it gets infected. Then that becomes considered a leprosy. Um, it's broken out in the burn. Therefore, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It's an infection of leprosy. So that what has happened is the burn got opened up and got infected. But if the priest looks at it, and indeed, there is no white hair in the bright spot, and it's no deeper than the skin. But it's them, the priest shall isolate him for seven days. Okay, it's one of those questionable things. Is it going to pop open and whatever? And the priest shall look at him on the seventh day. If it spreads further on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It's an infection of leprosy. So if he burned it enough to break through the skin, it gets infected, comes back out, then, then um, you know, that's, that's what it would be. I ran in. I was about six or seven years old, kind of a rambunctious kid. We had the preacher over one night and uh, cooking steaks outside. And of course, no air conditioning in the house. So I was running around outside and I forgot that there was a cooker sitting there. And I ran sideways into it and burned the whole side of my my uh, rib cage over here. Knocked the cooker over, all kinds of stuff. And, of course, it was dark, panicky. And I woke up the next morning with second-degree burns. So it looked like I would have had leprosy if, 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 I would have, if that would have been followed up. Uh, verse 28, if the bright spot remains in its place and is not spread in the skin, it is dim, it is a swelling from the burn. And the priest shall pronounce him clean. It's only the scar of the burn. No big deal. So they're interested here in what's infectious and what is not. So burns would also be commonplace. Normally, no cause for alarm. If left unattended, though, they could be a problem and should be dealt with. You know, as nobody said, put butter on it <laughs> or any of those things. Um, get some aloe vera, which works wonders on burns. I don't think they had aloe vera out there in the Sinai Peninsula. But anyway, now verse 29, what about head problems? If a man or woman, oh, the ladies got in the act here. I guess the men were the only ones who got leprosy up to this point, has an infection, a nega. Once again, the word translated is plague. Um, it, the word means a stroke of some kind, to be whacked with something. Okay, And so that's where the word plague comes from. Uh, it's used to describe leprosy um, in Deuteronomy 24.8. So this, this plague is a subcategory of that it's a more generic word than leprosy is okay the word for plague on the head or on the beard then the priest shall look at the infection if it appears to be deeper in the skin there is a thin yellowish hair in it then the priest shall pronounce him unclean it's a scale here's another word a nethic used 14 times the King James translates it skull, S-C-A-L-L. It's used only in Leviticus 13 in our chapter and one time in Leviticus 14. And it is a scaly skin eruption. 
Um, some would call it eczema, but there's another word. They translated eczema on on down here. But it is, it's just something that that um, my doctor, I asked him about some of the stuff. He says, well, they're called barnacles. <laughs> he said, he said, that's what my mom's called a ball. All her life, and she calls them barnacles, and said, "You got barnacles." And I said, "Okay, don't worry about it. No big deal." <laughs> okay, I can live with that. So, now, if the priest looks at the infection of the scale, and it appears to be no deeper in the skin, there's no black hair in it. See, we got white hairs, yellow hairs, and black hairs. No blue hairs yet. But then the priest shall isolate the person with a scaly infection. For seven days, on the seventh day, the priest shall look at the infection. If the scale is not flat, spread, no yellowish hair is grown in it, and the appearance of the scale is no deeper than the skin, he shall shave himself. But he shall not shave the scale. And the priest shall isolate the person with the scale seven more days. Why would he do that? To see if it's spread. <laughs> yeah, they had full beards. They Most of them had full beards there. You got a spot. We found the spot. It's been identified. Shave everything around it. So if this thing spreads, we can see it. Okay? Again, more practical stuff in here. Then on the seventh day, the priest shall look at the scales. The scale is not spread in the skin, and it appears to be no deeper in the skin. The priest shall pronounce him clean, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. It's interesting they're not having them wash their clothes until they've been pronounced clean. It's not like, well, you got this thing on it. It's kind of interesting because later they've got things with things on them. Okay? You got a piece of leather and it's got a leprosy on it. That's why I don't think it's the same, <laughs> the same meaning as what we have today. But after he has been through the unclean thing and he's pronounced clean, then go wash your clothes. Okay? Because if you're still contagious, you're going to contaminate the clothes again. He says, but if the scale spreads further in the skin after his cleansing, the priest shall look at him. If the scale is spread in the skin, the priest need not seek for the yellowish hair. He's unclean. If in his sight the scale has remained, however, and black hair has grown in it, the scale has healed and he is clean and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Now, the hygiene code is designed to teach us that we are to care for our bodies. Okay? Pay attention to them. I think that's the main principle in it. We're supposed to care for our bodies. It's also designed to teach us to love our neighbors so that they don't contract any maladies that we might have incurred. Because you know what this is headed to? This is part of the background of the upcoming verse to love your neighbors yourself, the second greatest commandment found in Leviticus 19. See? Why put all this stuff in here? You know, and boring. I know it just bores you to tears and you're going, oh, what do I do about this? Well, I go to Walmart and get some lotion to go on this stuff. I mean, we've, we've all got our, our cures and everything else. But what they're saying is you need to take care of yourself because you can affect other people. This is part of love your neighbor as yourself because it's your responsibility when you find these things to go to the priest. 
can get them diagnosed. Now, <clears throat> next we have eczema, 38 and 39. And when a man or woman has bright spots on the skin of the body, even white bright spots, then the priest shall look. And if the bright spots on the skin of the bodies are a faint white, it is eczema. Now, they didn't have a Hebrew word for eczema. It is a bohak is the word. It's the only place this word's used in the Old Testament. And they basically say it's a freckle. Okay? Not much anything. That is broken out on the skin, he's clean. No big deal. Okay? So, freckle people don't have to be considered unclean forever, evermore. And I like this next one. If a man loses the hair of his head, he is bald. <laughs> he is clean. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and if his head become if his head becomes bald at the front and the sides, he is bald on the forehead, he's clean. Okay. Heard once of a man was bald on the front of his head he was a thinker if he's bald on the back of his head he was sexy and when they met he just thought he was sexy <laughs> anyway that's a clinical diagnosis <laughs> shrink can use but if on the bald head or the bald forehead there occurs a reddish white infection it's leprosy breaking out on his bald head or on his bald forehead. And then the priest shall look at him, and if the swelling and the infection is reddish-white on his bald head or his bald forehead, like the appearance of leprosy in the skin of the body, he's a leprous man. He's unclean. So he's saying, here's a bald guy, and you can tell easily if they've got leprosy by, by looking. The priest shall surely pronounce him unclean. His infection is on his head. Now, I, I kind of had a little fun with this because the preposition bait that's attached to the word for head can mean in, on, or in. <laughs> so is the infection on his head or in his head? <laughs> anyway, on his head seems to be the simplest interpretation of the verse, So, but it kind of has an inference that maybe he's got a problem inside his head too. Uh, verse 45. Now, the uh, he says, as for the leper, the zara is the word uh, the word for the person that is the leper. Choose 20 times. Person stricken with leprosy, who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn. Okay, so if you have it, you got clothes on, you got to tear them, and the hair of his head shall be uncovered. And he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He's unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. When a garment, a baguette, just a common word for garment, has a mark, a nega, our word for plague, of leprosy in it, whether it is a wool garment or a linen garment, whether in warp or woof. Anybody care to try and identify that? 
A warp is a shathi. It's only used in this chapter in the Bible, and it looks at the main threads of a garment. That is the warp. Now the woof is the Arab, and it looks at the transverse threads of a woven garment. So you have a garment that pretty well they, they run them through a loom. They're made one way, but then the cross threads are what ties everything together. So it's basically saying that even down to the threads you have to pay attention. And if this thing develops in your garments, then you need to do something about it. And so uh, he says, Of linen or of wool, that's the woven garments, whether in leather or any article made of leather. So leather, do you know leather can have leprosy? It can carry the, you know, if you've got open sores and things like that, it can get on it. Um he says, if the mark is greenish or reddish in the garment or in the leather or in the warp or in the woof or in any article of leather, it's a leprous mark and it should be shown to the priest. Then the priest shall look at the mark, shall quarantine the article with the mark for seven days. Okay? And what would we do? we just go get some Clorox and fix it. I, I mean, we've got, we've got things that we know will kill infections and stuff like that. In fact, uh, Clorox spray will do a whole lot of wonders to remove skunk smell from dogs. Hello, Monday night. Started to let the dog in, and she'd been fighting with a black and white kitty cat out there and was absolutely bring tears to your eyes. And so I... And it was raining, she was soaking, and I got the big bath towel out, and I wiped her down, and I put her into the uh, crate for the night, covered it all up, and I thought, I'll, I'm not dealing with this tonight, it's too late at night, and and then about ten minutes later, I thought, i got to deal with this tonight, <laughs> and so she went back out the door, and... That's where she got to stay for the rest of the night. And I called my daughter and I said, any ideas for getting skunk off dogs? For which I got multiple recipes of things that involve a whole lot of work. And so I said, she's outside tonight, even in the rain. Maybe I'll teach her to stay away from them little kitty cats. And um, she woke me up about midnight, barking at a possum that had got into the yard and she was beating to death with her and anyway and he just played possum and ran off later when she went to sleep so uh, but guess what a lot of water and the outside will take the smell away I said, you're going you're gonna to be out here. I left her out all the next day so she could dry out. And last night, let her back in the house and didn't have to do any of that other stuff. So that's the Freeman family treatment for skunk spray. He says, uh, the priest shall look at the mark, quarantine the article of the mark for seven days. He shall then look at the mark on the seventh day. If the mark is spread in the garment, whether in the warp or the woof, get 
Get used to it because we're not going to see it anymore after we get out of here. Or in the leather, whatever the purpose for which the leather is used, the mark is a leprous malignancy. It's unclean. So he shall burn the garment. Hope you didn't like that leather pouch. Whether the warp or the woof and wool or linen or any article of leather in which the mark occurs, it's the leprous malignancy and must be burned in the fire. So, he's saying, get rid of it. Now, it's the responsibility of the infected to warn other people. If they're unclean, anybody comes near them, they're supposed to say, unclean, unclean. Okay? Because if they touch an unclean person, they become unclean. Okay? So, it's the responsibility of the infected to warn others. It's the responsibility of the infected to isolate from other people. Even clothing that develops an unusual problem is supposed to be quarantined. And it's the responsibility of the owner of the cloning clothing that stays contaminated to burn it. Priests weren't to burn it. Okay, you, you had the article, it was contaminated, it's your responsibility. I, I love the Mosaic Law and its practicality and its identification of responsibility. Okay, the priest had responsibilities, the other people had responsibilities. It's, a, I guess, the Patient's Bill of Rights and the Priest's Bill of Rights. That's what they have. Now, <clears throat> the follow-up, verse 53, If the priest shall look, and indeed the mark is not spread in the garment, either in the warp or the woof, <laughs> meaning you've got to take a look at it to see, or in any article of leather, the priest shall order them to wash the thing in which the mark occurs, and he shall quarantine it for seven more days. See if you got it. And the article with the mark, after the article has been washed, the priest shall look again. If the mark has not changed its appearance, even though the mark is not spread, it is unclean, burn it with fire, whether kneading away has produced bareness on the top or on the front of it. So it's saying, what, whatever it is, if it's still there, burn it. Now, if the priest shall look, if the mark is faded after it has been washed, then he shall tear it out of the garment or out of the leather, whether from the warp or the woof. And if it appears again in the garment, whether in the warp or in the woof, there's, that's a big deal, isn't it? How many times has that said that? Half a dozen times? He says, or in any article of leather, it's an outbreak. The article with the mark shall be burned to fire. And the garment, whether the warp or the woof of any article, or any article of leather from which the mark is departed, when you washed it, it shall be then washed a second time and shall be clean. Okay? That's a double wash right there. That's the heavy load, I guess you would, you would say. Verse 59, just the summary. This is the law for the mark of leprosy in a garment of wool or linen, whether in the warp or the woof or in any article of leather for pronouncing it clean or unclean. Now, why all this stuff about leprosy? The leprosy was a big deal. It was a big deal in the ancient world and it's it's coming back now. I mean, it's it's one of those things that never completely goes away. It's always around in some form or another and it raises its head part of the authenticating miracles of the Lord at the first advent was the healing of leprosy 
And those are the verse citations. Where he ran, he went to a leper. And said, you couldn't touch a leper or you'd be rendered unclean. And one of the really neat things you find is when the Lord healed a leper, looking very carefully at the grammatical constructions, he actually healed the leper before he touched him. Yeah, he reached to put his hands on the leper and healed them before he touched them. Or he would have been rendered unclean according to the law. Really, uh, you know, and the Pharisees were looking for that. They wanted anything that they could find to get him. But that's one of the neat things that that you get out of the original languages you're not going to see in the English. It just looks like he reached out and touched the leper, but no, he healed him first before he touched him. Once Moses' sister Miriam criticized him for taking a Cushite wife, and the Lord struck her with leprosy. See, Zipporah was gone. Zipporah was the one that, that... didn't circumcise the kids and then when she did she got mad and threw the foreskins at at Moses and you're a groom of blood and all this other stuff and she evidently went back with daddy back to Midian and all that and there was a divorce and so Moses remarried he married a Cushite woman well Miriam and Aaron, Aaron both got highly upset this recorded in Numbers chapter 12 it's an interesting chapter and so it was kind of like, you know, what's wrong with you, Moses? You're all this and all that. And the uh, Cushite's Ethiopian. And so um, the Lord fixed it. He struck Miriam with leprosy. And then he cleansed her. So it basically telling Miriam to shut up. <laughs> shut up. And leprosy was an issue throughout the history of Israel. You can find it in... Second, this is where it's used outside of the Mosaic Law in Second Corinthians five, or Second Kings five, Second Kings seven, and Second Chronicles twenty-six. So uh, leprosy is something that went all through the history of Israel. It was a big issue of the Mosaic Law. It was uh, connected directly into the laws of the clean and the unclean, and so it was something that uh, when it, when at the t- from 1500 B.C. and the giving of the law to the time of Christ, 1500 years later, leprosy is still an issue. The cleanness and uncleanness is still an issue, and the Lord had the power over leprosy. And that that's kind of the forerunner in the law as showing that he is the Messiah whenever he comes, that he can heal this disease that everybody else took weeks to observe and to look at. He took care of it just like that. So, anyway, fun chapter. (laughs) Let's pray. Thank you, Father, again for your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for your amazing word. Thank you for the principles that we learn from it. And, Father, I pray that, uh, indeed, we will continue to grow in your um, amazing plan and become more appreciative of it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.